What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 51 of The Size Up by National Fire Radio, because what you do off the job matters. And I want to give a huge thank you to everybody who has been reaching out either publicly or privately or on the 8 million ways you could reach out to myself or anybody at National Fire Radio, really, and uh, giving some compliments about my last episode with my son, Finn, because I'm not going to lie, that was like... The coolest episode I've ever recorded. And I mean, I live with the kid. I, I as, as my wife posted on her social media page, we made him. And you're like, we made him. Oh my God, I made this kid. Like I've been his form, like I formed him in, in these 13. I literally formed him. That's a whole different podcast though. Um, <laughs> but like in, in watching him grow over these years and the comments about his empathy and his depth of thought like none of that shit i'm gonna curse again i don't care it was fake that was him that was my son so thank you to everybody for reaching out and appreciating that um i even like the folks that have reached out already they listened to it and then they made their kids listen to it which was kind of cool to give finn kind of a you know a cool role in a younger kid's uh age group and almost be a leader right and that's interesting because i could segue right in to my guest today mr mike nasty of tip of the spear leadership who was all about leadership right pretty much from what i can tell is trying that- yes <laughs> yep leadership yes tech stuff no easy way to no. put it. yeah i yes i would i would I think you hit the nail right on the head with that. It's so funny because, you know, you you host a podcast as well. And I'm sure you get this question or or people asking you, like, they're like, I want to start a podcast. Like, I want to start a podcast. And, you know, my answer is always don't do it, but do it. But it's not this part, right? This is the fun part of the podcast. The, the actual interview, getting to spend an hour with you. It's all the other stuff that I can't stand. Yeah, the, it's the extra stuff. It's you know, it kind of feels like every episode, something goes wrong. It's inevitable. It's just, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, whether it's, you know, deleting an episode unintentionally, getting an hour and 20 minutes into an episode with a very well-known person only to realize you never hit record. <laughs> Done that. I did that once. Did that once. Did that. Went back and re-recorded. It was, it was great. It really was. But, um, you know, I mean, I, it's hard to say what would have been, but, or just like, getting on here some type of connection problem or yeah. volume or something it's always something so now that i know to expect it it's oh it yeah a hundred percent shock you anymore yeah a hundred percent i expect everything that can possibly go wrong to go wrong and when it little things do i'm like all right we made it another one that's my big success <laughs> not the interview itself the fact that we made it um yeah. actually the big success is when sebi gets it out the fall the tuesday that it's due i'm like now we've made it it's, it's out there in space that's funny and then yeah, I pick I up all these little things when I listen to where I'm like, oh, dude, that was bad. Like, or you could hear my dog yeah. in the background or something. Yeah. Right? No, I, I've had that a few times. And when I first started, it was, um, I was my cell phone and earbuds. <laughs> so like I walk, well, I don't do it anymore, but, um, I would like walk around as I was talking, like that's yeah, yeah. how I would be on my cell. Like if I'm talking to somebody on my cell phone, I'm like pacing, not like in a weird way, but like. Welcome As to I Fireman talk, ADD, like, buddy. We got it. That's it. Yeah. And so like, and if I'm talking to somebody, like I'm fidgeting with my fingers or I'm tapping my foot because like I'm so engaged in what I'm doing. What I'm getting at is though, there's a few of them and I was able to go back and clean up most of them. So if anybody listens to uh, my podcast, maybe go back and try and see if you can find it, but you can hear me walking around my kitchen. 
Like you can Easy. hear the thump, 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 like of me walking around. It's, it's, it's kind of comical. A friend of mine posted or um, brought it to my attention uh, not that long ago. And he's like, he's like, Hey, I started listening to your show. Uh, are you, are you in a public place? Cause I hear people walking around. I'm like, no, that was me. He's like, uh, you might want to go edit that. It sounds terrible. I'm like, oh, it's it's so funny. Right. Because now we, we, you, you and I, if you do this and I do this could possibly, if we were children be sort of like classified. Um, so my younger son, Declan has dyslexia. Um, and he, um, did, did not get a diagnosis of, um, ADHD or, or anything like that, but the, the spectrum of, of dyslexia is huge. And there's a lot of other, um, disorders that they found that he has. And, and one that he also has is called executive functioning. And those types of things like you're describing, not being able to sit still needing to fidget, um, to help you focus. That is all in this executive functioning disorder. And I'm not kidding you, Mike, when, when we were in the the with the doctor and he took all these tests and she's talking about things and asking us questions about him i'm like raising my hand for me and it's what i always called like firefighter add but it's really executive yeah. functioning disorder no that's it's actually very interesting so when i was a kid probably i mean i don't know probably between like you know 10 12 years old like in the late 90s early 2000s i remember them saying something to the effect of add or adhd and all that that i remember I always remember my parents being like, yeah, that's not a thing. That's just, you know, just hyper. you're just hyper. You just, yeah. Like sugar. you need you to, to you need to calm down or you need to do this or you need to do that. Or, you know, Oh, that's just made up by doctors trying to sell you medication or they want you to be on med. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like the typical, yeah, yeah, that was a big thing. Then, doctors sure. or yeah, it was, um, I'm trying to, th I don't even, I can't even think of the word right now. Um, well, it was like when they were putting kids on Ritalin because I'm a little, I guess I'm a little yeah. older than you in, in that age group. But like at that point, they were like, it was like, I'm on Ritalin. This kid's on Ritalin. That kid's on Ritalin. And again, it was science and medicine and things yeah. that they were trying to learn, right? I'm not, they weren't yeah. experimenting on kids, but there were probably a lot of kids that got it that didn't need it at that time. Yeah. So that, and that's, you actually kind of said it really well. And I, I was able to get my thought in my mind of it was more of an excuse than accountability for your actions. Yeah. That's kind of the way my parents looked at it. They were like, you know, look, yeah, you, you may have some tendencies, but like, if you would just pay attention and stop, you know. So with my son, it's interesting. Doing what you're doing. <laughs> with my son with this too, it's really interesting. So he was in, we knew in pre-K, his teacher was like, look, I don't know what it is, but there, we knew the whole time. There was just something a little different about, Sure. Him being the second, second child, but you know, he, he just, his focus wasn't there. He was a little delayed in speech. Um, and he wasn't hitting milestones like our older son did. So we eventually, we knew we had to move. We moved to a better school district that had a uh, really good support services. Um, but they wouldn't test him in the school district for dyslexia until I think the second or third grade. But if yeah. we went and got our own testing, then he would be able to get all the services. And we did that. It's yeah, Oh, dude, That's if I could even tell you the hoops I, and listen, I, I recommend this to anyone who's got kids that they think could be anything, anything, anything at all, just anything. Mm -hmm. Go privately. You may have to pay out of pocket, but it's yeah. so worth it because that diagnosis got him all, and all the teachers wanted to give him the services. It's just the bureaucracy of yeah. Paperwork. I could, I could pull out his file of paperwork. That's probably like this thick. And it's, yeah. he is in comparison to some of the children that he's been educated with uh, 
in the in the special support services, he is very minor in in what he needs his accommodations, let's say. Um, but during that that meeting in kindergarten with her saying like, look, he he's yes, he has these ADD type ADHD tendencies, but I don't think he has that. I think it's because he has dyslexia and executive functioning. And once we start to teach him the way he needs to learn, all of that will go away. And dude, I have a fifth grader that's on the high honor roll right now because of that change. Yeah. Well, I just think it's just like anything else. You have to find what works for them. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't kids out there that need that kind of help, but I, I feel like to me, the um, the sincerity of it yeah. from the school system, if you firmly believe second or third grade, is it a money thing or is that an age? Because if you, you know, because if you were to tell me, if you were to tell me, look, your kid's showing signs, however, um, the actual signs aren't until they're nine. These are the scientific studies that we go against. Here's why it's nine. Come back when he's nine. That's much different than well, we just we just do when they're in third grade. Well, why? Well, that's the school system. Yeah, it's guarantee it's an interesting world to be in. I can tell you I, that. I can yeah, I was gonna say I can almost guarantee you uh, just with public schools, I, I, that's almost a money thing. I would think it's the only thing that makes sense. It's a state thing, you know what I mean? It, it, it's so but the it system is so fucked. Like there's yeah. No, well, and again, I'm evolves. in a really good role here. I'm in a really good place where everybody's really. Yeah. Like, we know other parents that are like, how did you do that? And yeah. that key is, and and they talk about it, and even a lot of the. Um, so we become really good friends with one of uh, both my, he taught both my kids, but he has a, a, he's basically a special ed teacher, let's say, but he ended up having both my, my boys and really good guy. And it's all about advocacy, advocacy for your kid. And some folks think, well, they're my kid. I'm their parent. I advocate for them all the time, but you have to go above and beyond that. You get all these things. You yeah. have to get in an uncomfortable situation, have uncomfortable decisions. And, you know, I mean, I think there's something to be said about, you know, oh, well, we don't do this until your kid. Well, no, you're going to do it. Yeah. I, that's pay, what you my basically have I to pay my taxes <laughs> or if they're in a private school or you go to a specialized school for their situation. No, I pay you out of pocket. You will be doing this or we're going to find a new school. Like, I, you know, maybe, maybe not that extreme. Oh, that's like, an extreme for some kids. But you, but you need to be child. that way. We know yeah. another family. They had to do that. It just yeah. wasn't working. Everything that they were trying, everything that the school was trying just wasn't working for their particular child's needs. Yeah. And they had to go and find a school. And I, I can't speak for them. I know they're in the process of working through our school district to get that subsidized, let's say, which again, they're, yeah. they're trying to do. But if they were just like, like, screw this, we're leaving the school, we're going to the other school, nobody's stepping up to help them. You know what I mean? Like you have to advocate for that. Yeah. And you know, and that's where the, the teachers, I think, can really put feathers in their hats. I mean, they're, it's just like any other industry. I think teachers don't get enough credit and, and I think they don't get the credit they deserve. And there's some really, really good people. And again, with, you know, to tie this into leadership and kind of what we're doing today is again, it, regardless of what title or what the situation is, it all comes down to humanity, right? Yeah. Being a good person, compassionate, you know, all of that. And if you don't have that, no matter where you go in life, especially a customer, uh, customer based uh, service, such as public safety or teaching. Cause I mean, you're there to mold young minds, but at the end of the day, it's a customer service and your customers are children um, and young adults. And I think 
when you're able to make those connections and have that compassion and actually care on a human level, I think that's where you're going to see the teachers make the biggest difference. You're going to see officers and leaders make the biggest difference and just people in general. And, and, you know, again, it's just like what we do in the fire department. You know, you could have somebody with the worst day and you could do something that they'll remember forever. You could have a, a frustrated parent at the end, at the end of their ropes that feels like they're out of options. They don't know what to do. And you could show up as a teacher, be a good freaking person, give a shit and really try and make a difference in their life. And I'm sure you could, and that could change the whole trajectory of the child for their life and the parent. And that affects their relationship in the home and their, their health and everything. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you might be able to relate to this or maybe somebody else might, but I've had teachers that made a huge difference in my life, difference in my life. I had coaches that made a big difference in my life. I wouldn't be where I am today um, without people like that in my life that are not my parents. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? 100%. The outside influences and everything. And, and again, remove the teaching part, remove the fire service. It's that human interaction and that human connection of um, just compassion, just genuinely, you know, giving a shit. Customer service, right? It's, it's that humanity of customer service, right? If Correct. we, we as consumers, you and I have an issue with a product, whatever that product may be, and we have a good interaction with the customer service rep or whoever it is, we become happy. Whether they fixed our problem or not, that humanity right. that you talk about, that's the key. And my boss at work said it, oh God, I don't even know now, 12 years ago. Like he sat down and told all four shifts, you're no, and, and maybe this wasn't the way to say it, but it's the way he chose to say it. You're no longer in the fire service business, you're in the customer service business. Yeah. And really what he was saying was, I need you all to be more human in an, in an easy way. And over time, it didn't, listen, my department did not flip overnight as to what we were going to do for that. Sure. But once you get into that and you start to adopt it in your life and work in that, that little bit of humanity goes such a long way. Well, when you invest in the humanity side, then you start, I think you will put off um, that you're genuinely there to do it. When, they, when people know you genuinely care, that's, that's the biggest difference, right? Just like if you're an officer and you, it's kind of obvious how superficial you are and, oh yeah, oh, I care about your bit. Well, no. I can tell you don't. I can tell you're putting on a fake face. When people genuinely know you care, I think that's what makes the biggest difference. And, you know, I don't, I don't really remember book quotes from books I read a long time ago, but when I took a, when I took my promotional test of the, the department I work for, um, one of them was a customer service book. And one thing that always stuck out to me was, you know, in the customer service industry, especially as a, um, they call them supervisor or as a leader with complaints, they say typically 99% of the time, it's, they don't want you to fix their problem. They want you to listen. Yeah. Like that's really, I don't want to say that's all it is, but that's the biggest thing is you have to listen. And when you walk into these calls or, you know, you go your interaction and, and you take it one day at a time, one call at a time, you don't think about if it's a medical or not, if it's a fire, a fire alarm, all the crap we don't want to run. If you take it one situation at a time, and you just genuinely show up with the right intention, that's palpable. People are going to see that. They can tell when you walk in with a crappy attitude. I'm sure you've been in the fire department long enough where you, you're tired, hungry, whatever. You walk in, and you're not mad at those people. You're just mad because you want to eat. You're hungry. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. You've been smoked all day long, and you know you're working the day half tomorrow, or you're going home to 
three kids and your wife's running out the door the second you get in and you're just exhausted. And the first thing they say is, what's your problem? Why are you walking here with an attitude? And you're met at the door with that. And that just sets the tone for the rest of the call. And it's a pain in the ass, right? So I think, again, you know, if you walk in, it's all, it's all body language. And I got to tell you, I think you can make any really shit, shitty situation, discussion, interaction, anything. If you genuinely walk in with a good attitude in your mind, same thing, you listen to the people, whatever it is, I think you're going to set yourself up success up for success because the flip side of that is when you don't, you're going to set the tone and it's going to go a dramatically different way. And that just, I feel like that plays into everything. No, for um, sure. Everything in life. Like if I go in to my kids lacrosse tournament and I'm like, these refs are going to suck. I'm already going to, you know what I mean? Like, and they're going to feed off of you. And that's it. And and it's, it's actually funny because so my kids are into lacrosse and we go to a lot of these local tournaments and it's some of the guys are the same reps. So you see them every weekend. And Oh God, here we go. <laughs> so it, most, it, it's funny because you kind of have to, uh, you have two, two, two styles of refing from what I can tell with these folks, you have the kind of older guys that are just out there doing it. And they're really nice. I do feel like with, with these, like I've watched all these different refs tie kids shoes and try to correct the boys out there. But then you have some that are like, Totally, like you're saying, good body language. Like parents will be yelling at them, and they have good comments back to them. Yeah, like not like a if the parents like f you, and they're like f you. You know, they're like, oh wow, well the other guy said he loved that type of a thing. Um, and it's how they carry yeah. themselves, and the kids even feed off it too, which is amazing to watch sure. in my mind. And it's the same as being in any situation or the fire service. If you're the leader of the crew and you have bad, you're in a bad mood. Everybody's in a bad mood. But well, they're also gonna, well, they're also going to feed off you too. So the way you carry yourself and act and how you react and do certain things, they're going to do it too. So if you cuss somebody out on a call and you're the officer, right? Now, I'm not condoning things, but I do think there's times where you need to meet the situation. Yeah, they're, with, they're, with I understand. Equal, equal um, tone. Uh, but... You know, if you go in there and you start cussing at people, they're going to think it's okay to cuss people. If you start lying to people, they're going to think it's okay to start lying to people. If you walk in and you just look like a slob, they're going to think it's it's everything is all a matter of the example you set and how they're going to feed off you and what they're going to do. It's the same thing with the referees, right? Yep. So I just I'm a I'm a firm believer in if a firm believer in you know whether it's your I have a kid, he's six. Um, so whether it's your, you know, it's my kid or the guys I work with, all eyes are on you at all times, 24 seven. They may not necessarily always be thinking about it. You may not necessarily be thinking about it, but you better understand 100%. everything you do and say, and you're an officer, you know, this, everything you do and say, they're going to see and hear all of it and the good and the bad and your shortcomings and your, and your triumphs and all that. So Hopefully you make your mistakes and they see you uh, move on from them. But, you know, I'm getting a little off topic, but. No, I this is totally, this is totally that. the topic, but you're right there. Right. Because even I joke, like with my, with the guys at work sometimes where I'm like, okay, boys, or I'm like, okay, kids. Like, cause I, I talk to them like they're my boys because I'm like, all right, we've gone too far now. I'm going to put my dad voice on and we have to bring it back in the same yeah. as I do with my boys. Sometimes we're like, listen, I love them. We have a good time. I still, I'm still their dad. I'm still their parent. Same thing sure. at work. You're still their boss. You could be their friend, yeah. but there has to be a time where you have to be their boss. Right. And sure. I feel like 
that setting the tone really matters. And like you had said, even to start this one where, you know, you have to kind of meet their level. I pulled up to a crane that collapsed into a house with a screaming college student outside, hysterical. I had to match her, I don't want to say hystericalness, but let's say her volume in the way I spoke to her yeah. to get the answer I needed. Because if I was like, oh, hey, are you okay? Sure. There was no way I was going to find out, is anyone else in that house right now? You know, and there was another, uh, there was a, a, a bystander like running over as I was being louder with her, let's say. And he was shocked. Like, and I'm like, take her and go way over there and wait. And then after the incident de-escalated, um, and she actually, she was able to give me an answer and she said no, that she knew of. Um, but afterwards, and I mean, like, we're like two hours after into this, I went over to her and spoke with her and explained to her why I was yelling because I felt I owed her that, you know, that I wasn't that guy that was being mean to her or anything. I just need yeah. to give me this one answer. And she did. I'm like, you did a great job. Um, but that's that level of, of how you set the tone and kind of how you act overall. And it's customer service. Because if I yeah. didn't go back over and talk to her after, all she would have remembered, if she remembered, was me screaming at her. So, yeah. And, you know, to take it a little bit further too, customer service isn't the people. I mean, it's not just the people. Um, that call 911, right? It, it's every, as as an officer, as a leader, it's everyone. The guys on your crew, your battalion chief, your captain, if you know, your your immediate supervisor, your battalion chief, the shift commander, all that stuff. Everybody's everybody's a customer to your um to your services as an officer and as a leader. And and one thing, and you talked about it as well with de-escalation. I think de-escalation is there's no right way to do it, but if you do it enough and you have, and there's going to come a time where you have enough experience in it, you're going to kind of figure out what works and what doesn't work. And, and I think the best tool you can have when there's a uncomfortable conflict or tension is to how to stop the problem, deescalate it, and then fix it. So if you have an employee or a, or a crew member that's just absolutely irately pissed off, I don't give a shit what the argument's about. I don't care what you two are getting into or you and I are getting into or what's going on. Walk away, cool down, stop. And there's been more often than not, it's after, you know, cooler heads prevail. More often than not, the person that I've had to interact with, whether it was directly with me or someone else, they've come back and been like, look, this is why I'm mad. I, you know, I shouldn't talk like that. However, this is what's bothering me. And, you know, we need to address it. All right, cool. Like, let's fix it, whatever. You know, there's been a couple of times where, I had to step in and stop something and they both kind of realized they had their heads in their ass and they're like, you know, him, hey, I'm about, you know, I'm sorry. And it's just like, look, I understand. And it's not, you can't talk like that. You can't act like that's unacceptable. Like it's just the way it is. Right. And if you see tension start building, you need to be able to have the balls or the guts, excuse me, to walk in and be like, yo, so like, I'm it's starting to see hard. this. It's very I'm, hard. <laughs> it's not easy, but if you do it now, it's way better than it absolutely exploding weeks down the line. And here's the other thing too. And again, with customer service, it's a two-way street, right? So like I could think there's a situation going on or I could think something needs to be addressed immediately. And I walk in with a clear mind, you know, with a clear mind, I think letting a situation develop if it's not illegal, immoral, or violent in any way, especially when it comes to, you know, the people in the firehouse because testosterone crazy. levels get a little high it happens it exists in Their life. type a personalities 
you know, there's been a few times where I assessed a situation and I was wrong and I moved too quick. Whereas, you know, you think a situation's going on today, you come in the next shift and they act like nothing happened. And you could just go be like, Hey man, you good last shift. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah, man, he, that guy just, we butted heads. We're good. You know, I've had a lot of success with saying, you know, Hey man, so like, what's up with this? Yeah, it was X, Y, and Z. We talked about it. It's over. Um, I've also had it where I went in and I, I allowed it to develop and made a better decision. And there's some times where you don't have the choice and you have to immediately drop the hammer or act. And if you're wrong, then you're wrong. And you just reassess, you know, Hey, all right, cool. It wasn't that way. That's what I thought it was. No big deal because conflict in the firehouse, I think is going to be more often than what you're going to have on calls. You know, like, I mean, yeah, you're going to have citizens. You're living together. You're literally trying, trying to explain together. This is your house. Like type A personalities. Yeah. And you just very dysfunctional though. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, well, everybody's, everybody's got a, got a, everybody's got their own problems. Right. And everybody has their own. Everyone was brought up a different way. Yeah. Everyone has their own problems and you're stuck in this place with them. And in some of the places that some firehouses you could work in, like there's nowhere to hide. Like a common bunk room firehouse, there's nowhere to go and hide, really. Like you can kind of escape, but you're you're there. You're all in each yeah. other. Well, you can't go you can't get anywhere. And then it even multiplies even more. Like if you and you and your partner get into it and you two are on the medic unit. Yeah. It's not fun. It's going? not fun in the front of that ambulance. I've been there. And it, as the officer, you know, you don't necessarily have to continuously get involved in anything, but in my experience, you should definitely do your deal, due diligence if you see something and there's some reason in your mind you have something telling you to act. It doesn't mean you have to get up and jump and run over. I'm not saying that. But I think, you know, if your intuition is telling you, you know, man, I really need to say something or may, maybe I should kind of walk over there and take a listen or, you know, hey, this is conversations getting kind of meh. But, the, you know, I'm going to let me just walk away. They can let them figure it out themselves. And, you know, we'll see where it goes because they don't need you to babysit them, hold their hand or continuously be in their business about absolutely everything. There's a lot of times where I think you need, let the guys be the guys, Yeah. let them figure shit out on their own. And when they can't, or it escalates into something that's unacceptable at work, you know, that's just where it goes. And I'm not, this is not the sexy part of talking about this is no, this is the the really hard part. This This is is like, there's no cool picture. This. this is the reality of being an officer where the job or every your your accountability is real and there's no one but you right so what i'm saying is i'm not saying ignore signs when you see it i'm not saying that at all what i'm saying is how many times have you gotten in an argument with somebody and then five seconds later you're laughing and joking like it never happened now, imagine as an officer or someone on the third party on the outside looking in every single time you guys butted heads or got into a shouting match, they're jumping in, oh, well, there's violence in the workplace. Uh, we have to do paperwork. Well, no, like they're just arguing. They're not – should they lower their voice? Yeah. Can you walk around the corner and be like, hey, so like you guys good? And kind of like hint, like cool it kind of thing or, you know, hey, you need to take a walk, dude, or whatever. Yeah, I mean those times are going to come, but I think so many people – are so fast to drop paper and not allow the human element to be the human element, right? Now, there are non-negotiable, no no ifs, ands, or buts. You get into a fight, it's over. You know what I mean? I have no personal ties to this. 
as far as if you get into a fist fight at work, you get into a fist fight in your volunteer firehouse, you get into a fist fight on a call with a citizen, whatever life, it is. If you got into a fist fight in life, there are going to be consequences. Correct. The same as- exactly. Any volunteer fire department, I've only been, a, I was a volunteer in one place and I've, I work in one place and both places, if you get into a fight, it's over. Like, yeah. It's a bad day it's for it. you, man. I can't do anything. It's, it's, for you. Yes. You, like, well, I'm not going to try to do anything for you. You tie like, my hands because now, yep. You tie my hands because now I am accountable legally. Legally, I am accountable. And you tied my hands at this point where I have to do my job. And, and that's just the way it is. It's not fun. It's not easy. But that's where, why and where you are the officer. And why. It's the same as in life. Like, I use it in life to, to compare it to, like, in a road rage type incident, let's say, mm-hmm. like, don't get out of the car. The second you get out of the car, you're done. Your life is over, pal. Whether you're right, wrong, indifferent, anything like that. And it's Take interesting. Shoulder and drive away. You, you're, you have a six-year-old, minor, 13 and, and soon to be 11. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember when my older one was like four and I'm a good New Jersey driver. Like I like to drive the way I like to drive here in New Jersey. Oh boy. It's, it's, it's a defensive driving. That's what they taught me in in. in <laughs> Drivers said they taught me to always drive defensively. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, no, I, no, I understand. And and there were one one of these incidents where someone was not driving in the way I thought they should, and as I was like about to just go like off, like ready, go down, yeah, everything. Oh, man, I saw his little face in the rear view, like, and I'm like, put the window back up. You know what I mean? Like time to drive away because here's Finn sitting behind me and learning everything that I'm Looking doing straight in your like, face. Yep. Looking exactly. right in your eyeballs to the rear view mirror. I, I, no getting out of that one, man. There was no getting out of that type of thing. I, I've, and, I've definitely been there. Um, you know, I've caught myself getting ready to react or say something I was going to regret with my kid there. I found myself wanting to say something um, in front of my crew at work at, about a situation where I know they would understand and get my reaction and why I felt a certain way, um, not towards any of them, just in general. But I just kept my comment to myself because to me, I don't feel like it does any good. Um, I had a situation recently where I was frustrated by communications with another, um, with a colleague, I'll call it that. And I allowed my frustration to bump a little bit. And uh, one of the guys looked at me and goes, do you really think that was a great idea to do that? And in that moment, I was like, yeah, I mean, he's, of know, course. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't just well, do kudos, shit. But- kudos to the other guy though, because right. That's, this is kind of, so this well, it is takes a lot of balls to say that for sure. But that's being a human too. Right. Because he's realizing, yo, you're, you're like out of his element right now. Like yeah, you're not man. in, this is not where you want to be, man. And I'm no, just going to yeah. slide it in there. Right. Like, you, hey, yep. you want to do that, bud? Yeah, exactly. And you know, in the moment I was like, yeah, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of X, Y, and Z from this person. And it just, just kind of gave me a look. And I'm like, you know, probably an hour or two later, I thought about it. I'm like, mm, I shouldn't have done that. Those are the Not a big deal in the long run. Not a big deal. Just move on. It's over with. It's behind you. It's a 30-second blip of your life. And it is what it is. Just keep it in mind and move on. And well, But anyways, that, that ties into moments. what you're saying. Yeah, and these yeah. teaching moments afterwards of even admitting it now. And, and maybe, I don't know what you said to the other guy, I'd probably be like, yo, thanks for calling me out on that. Because now what I'm starting to learn with, with a 13-year-old and a, a 10-year-old is sometimes 
after I may uh, get a little too far into dad mode, then I have to de-escalate our situation and uh, explain to them that like dad was wrong. I should yeah. that man. Like yeah. and this is why I did it. This is what happened. And I, I and it's happened a couple of times now, or especially more with, with, with the 13 year old, because that's a different relationship. Yeah. I, I can only imagine what a teenager's like. Good so luck, man. Yeah. God with you. It's, it's great. It's, it's, awesome. it's, it's, it's fun. It's so fun. This <laughs> is fun. No. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So my kid, he, um, I don't want to say became self-aware, but I think a lot of, of what you're getting at, he yeah, kind of started really, yeah, understanding a lot more, a lot faster than you realize. And I'd say probably within the last year, there's been a couple of times where I allowed my, my temper to get a little towards the edge. And he, you know, my wife kind of reels me back in. She's like, you know, Hey, so like, um, you need to go explain to him why you got mad and what happened, you know, what happened and why I got you mad and all that. And I'm like, I'm not, even explain myself to him she's like dumbass he's not gonna understand why you're mad at him if you don't tell him and i'm like whatever like but then you know i think about it and she's like i'm sure you do that at work if you're mad at somebody you tell them what made you mad why they're mad why you're mad and then you all talk it out because you're not always right about everything and i'm like oh okay thanks so she's right she's right (laughs) So then, so then I'll go talk to my kid and I'm like, Hey, look, dude, this is what made me angry, but you know, blah, 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 blah. And he'd be like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, all right, well, why are you sorry? I don't know. And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know. I just told you. <laughs> so over a period, well, this is the point that I'm making over a period of time, he'll start throwing shit out there. he will be like, I know it makes you mad. And I know I had to go in timeout facing the corner because um, you don't like it when I back talk and, or if I ask more than a couple of times, because, and I'm like, no, actually, dude, I put you in timeout because like, I told you to stop smacking mommy's butt and you keep doing it. And I told you twice. Oh, well, yeah, I, I that's what I did. I'm like, well, it's hard when they're, when they're, you that remember person. everything. Great. You could not have that conversation. Right. Well, then he could keep going on doing that. Hopefully yeah. he's gonna think, oh, I shouldn't do that. He's probably not because he's six, and and you know, we know that well. He's gonna do it in cycle. five seconds after he gets That's out. Of it. The circle yeah. is round, but at least yeah. you, you know, you've gotten that level, and I do see it with both my boys now. Um, them, I get not. I want to say appreciating those moments, but learning from those moments eventually, and thinking back to them and being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know? Yeah, and you know, I think. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know how to say this. So in my experience as an officer, I, we don't talk to each other like, man, I'm so glad I work with you, man. You're so good at what you like. Th- that's just not how it's not happened. It's not guy talk, right? It's, it's but macho guy talk. Right. But I think you either have it or you don't, you have the control or you don't. And I'm not saying control as in micromanagement. I'm saying control as in anyone that's ever been an officer. I've lost control of a crew. I have failed miserably and I got absolutely walked on and I didn't realize in the moment took me a while to realize it once I realized it I was like holy shit I don't ever want to feel like this again I don't ever want to look at be looked at like this again and it was all because of my actions now I'm not saying it's okay to throw a mutiny on your officer not saying that at all however 
uh, when they make a statement without saying something and that click happens, you're like, oh, I get it. I'm the problem. It's a shitty feeling. However, you know, that's rock bottom in my opinion, right? Or not rock bottom, but that's, I mean, that's about as low as you can get. Well, if you're all the way down low, the only place you should be able to go is up. And unless you want to stay down there and be a bottom feeder and just suck at your job, and then that's up to you. And there's definitely uh, some people that want to do that. You know what? Good for them. Each is Good for, yep. to, each, to each is though. And, and, and I think, you know, but anyway, yeah. So what I'm getting at is once I realized how to start stopping and thinking before I act and do and say things with my kid, that translated into work. Yeah. And I feel like once I became a parent and a, a father, I feel like things started working. I, I started carrying some of those skills into work. And I feel like it changed me for the better at work, I think. Um, and I feel like, you know, in my experience is you go through some rough times, you go through some growing pains, but when you truly have control, um, you're, you know, you demand or you command respect from your actions, not demand respect because of your rank. I feel like every day you have to pay into that by doing the right thing as an officer, all eyes are on you. Um, but I feel, like I said, I, I really, truly feel like once I really started understanding how my actions, words, body language, all have consequences um, long-term at home, once I learned that and I started bringing that idea into work and being self-aware and, and, and understanding myself and my space, I think it helped at work too. None of the guys will ever tell you that. I don't think, I mean, I'm not going to. You know, See, you're going to bring them into the office and make them say Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and pretend. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you I know, nope. you know everyone's opinion because I don't. But I, again, like I said, I feel like you either got it or you don't. And, and I feel like um, I went to a different level in the right direction um, after I hit rock bottom and after I kind of realized I was the problem and after I realized, you know, what I say and do has consequences. And, and I really need to be aware of what I'm saying and what I'm doing. Well, that self-realization is, is what life's all about, right? As you grow, sure. and it, it's a con, it's a constant in my life, you know, where I feel like I'm yeah. always reevaluating every situation. Yes, no, maybe keep moving on. And becoming a, a parent, a father, like you said, that mm -hmm. was a huge driving force to the person I am today, 13 years later. You know, life yeah. with Finn and Dex has been, it's an adventure every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the other thing too is, and this isn't a lack of self-confidence. Now, maybe you could speak on this or maybe you could like, or maybe you, you feel the same way. You know, I don't, I have confidence to make decisions and confidence when I carry myself, you know, on calls and after calls and all that stuff. But I always feel like I'm never good enough. And I'm not saying like, I can't do my job. I just always feel like everything I do, anything I interact with, people I interact with, and there's a, a not a conflict, but like, it's time to be the officer. It's time to, you know, do your job and you're, you're executing your, your job. And I always feel like I walk away with situations of, you know, that worked and, and I understand why I made that decision, but I feel like I need to do better. Or I feel like I never, I'm always chasing, trying to be at a different level and, and I don't feel inferior in, or inferior to people. And I don't feel um, insecure, but I mean, God damn, I'm so hard on myself, you know, and I feel like I'm my own worst enemy sometimes. I've had a few times where, and again, maybe you could speak to this, where like we go through a call, we do, you know, everything kind of works through, works out. And in my mind, I'm like tooling. I'm like, man, 
I screwed up or, you know, Hey, mm, I wasn't happy. Yeah. I wasn't happy with myself and how it went. And then, you know, Hey man, thank God you guys were on this call and Hey, thank, thankfully you guys did this. And you know, Hey, I'm glad we did that. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, were you on the same call I'm on? Cause I feel like I'm a piece of shit. And then we talk through it. We work through it. I'm like, you know, Hey, we do the table critique. We do, you know, whatever I'm able to get my thoughts out. And then I realized, Oh shit, I actually did do a good job. Oh shit. I didn't see what they saw. They see, you know, whatever I see the situation working out. Whereas me, my judgment's clouded because I always, you know, I'm so hard on myself. And that's what happens with a lot of high performers or just performers in general, right? Whether you, and and using words like this, like uh, I'm not going to call myself a high performer. You know what I mean? Like you're like, you just said there, right? And it's, you're always, I think the chase is the fun part, right? And it's like you said, I'll look at a call and be like, what just happened here? Or I'll look at something I did with Finn or, or whatever it is and be like, then I'll start to reanalyze it or someone will talk and I will talk about it. And I'll be like, oh, there was a lot of positive in that. I have yeah. to focus on that positive and then improve in the areas I think I can improve in as opposed to being like, it's all negative. There was nothing good. And how can I, I'm never going to make this better. Right. And it's just that circle again that you go into. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and maybe, maybe you can elaborate on this because this is something I've been kind of racking my brain around and I can't quite figure out how to get it out of my head. Um, you know, you're, you're your own worst enemy or you feel like you're your own worst enemy or you're your hardest critic, not your worst enemy, your own hardest critic. And, you know, I feel like I can never satisfy myself because I never, there's always something I should have done this. I should have did that. Hey, I made this decision. Here's why the reasoning's solid, but then there's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of doubt creeps in your mind of, you know, maybe I should have done that. It would have still worked out. My idea worked, but maybe that was a little bit better. Either way, at the end of the day, you're not really wrong, but you know, maybe try it next time or something. So, but anyway, what I'm getting at here is, you know, when you're surround yourself by people that are at that level, right. You know, hopefully um, as an officer, as a leader, you have guys around you that are, are a higher level than you just kind of like, if you want to learn to run better and you run with uh, marathon runners, fast runners, you're not going to be, you may not be as fast as them, but your time's going to go up. Your, your, your time's going to get faster. So when you surround yourself with people that are sharp, Everyone is on a, a high level. Everyone performs at a high level and you feel like, and I feel like sometimes I'm always trying to play catch up of, well, I don't want to be the weak link. I need to work my ass off. And you're in that environment so, so much. Then you leave the environment, you go wherever. And there's people that are not at that level. They don't have that much compact or they don't have that much drive. They don't have that much experience or um, they don't care. They're not, you know, totally into the job and all that stuff. And then you go around them and you start running calls, you know, whether, you know, whatever you go to a different part of your area and you work with another shift and they're not at the level that you're used to, that of your guys that keeps themselves at a high level. And then you feel leaps and bounds ahead of them, you know, and then you're kind of like, wow, like maybe I am good at where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, I always like it when, when my guys notice that, like, or, or my kids. Do you understand what, you understand what I'm trying to say? hundred percent, right? Where you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I am good. Like, or you watch, you know, you watch, uh, I can use it at work. I can use a parenting analogy. Watch someone else parent their kids in public. And you're like, oh, and now some days my kids are like, 
what just happened there? What Dad? the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, don't, yeah, don't be careful, kid, because you used to do that crap too when you were younger. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not yeah. even that on my kids, not even the kid crap. Watching the parent interact with the kid, like at, yeah. at we'll be out at a restaurant or something. It's we'll be yeah. at restaurants and and now my my kids are definitely like when people say that, well, I it just happened not too long ago. We had this like young male waiter we went to uh, some chain restaurant just me and the boys and the boys ordered for themselves right they can both read they can both talk like what do you want tell the man tell him how you want it you know like they i trained them for lack of a better term right and this kid is like sir i'm like oh god he's calling me sir this is gonna be a good one like i'm not sir but yes go ahead buddy and he's like i just gotta say sometimes i'm here and they're like boys my age and their parents have to order for them. He's like, your kids are so good at doing that type of thing. Yeah. Like, my kids notice that, right? Like, and, and you notice these things and I'm not doing it to, to pat myself on the back or to pat my kids on the back, but it's just one of those things that you can always make yourself better. And maybe the way we are with being our own worst critics, that there's nothing wrong with that. Unless you let it take you down a notch. Yeah. Unless you let it eat you up so much inside that you can't function. And that does happen. Uh, Oh, I've, I've, I've had it where I got so in my head, I couldn't make a good decision to save my life (laughs) over something so stupid and easy. Something I know how to do. I've done a dozen times or dozens of times. And, you know, I just, I got in my own head and I let myself um, trip over my own, my own thoughts. And ultimately at the end of the day, I made myself look like an idiot. I made my crew look like an idiot. And it was probably one of the most embarrassing things I've ever had to deal with my entire life or my entire career. Um, you know, but I also think, I think you need some of those situations to keep yourself honest. I think a little bit of humility and, and, and getting humbled and by humbled, I mean, not by choice. Yeah. I think, you know, oh God, who was it? Mike Tyson. I think he said, uh, everybody's got a, great plan until they get punched in the face or punched in the jaw or whatever. So, yeah. So I think at least in my experience, I think kind of getting popped in the jaw every once in a while is good for you and you need it. And popping the jaw can be screwing up on a call. uh, One, one of the people under your command. If you don't get hit in this theory, if you don't get hit in the face at least once a day, you're probably not really doing much during the day. Yeah, like, yeah. To put it? Like, and you yeah, but, focus on that situation. Yeah, and, and I think, yeah, exactly. So I think, um, now I just lost my chance. Oh, so I think, you know, getting kind of popped once in a while, whether you like it or not, is a good thing for you. However, I think if somebody, like if somebody calls your ass out and you screw up or they're like, you know, hey, dude, collectively, we need you to fix this. If they're coming to you to kind of, call you out i mean they need i don't want to say they need to stay in their lane because i think there's times where you just need to be kind of just called out yeah well that's more but than getting they, punched in the face that's you got knocked down you know what i mean you're yeah. getting called out on it it's it, it should yeah. be just like if if you call someone else out on something oh sure the first time you've seen this occur it shouldn't be unless it's really no. stupid or, or like you said unsafe but like the same with my boys or even with my relationship with my wife like there's some times where i'm like babe <laughs> enough like this is this is enough <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. like and i'm not gonna be that. a dick about it. like we have our own way of speaking but it's the same thing that we have our own way of speaking too <laughs> no holds bar. 
<laughs> I was going to say it's called it's called cursing and yelling. <laughs> I mean, if anybody to not hold back and not have a filter with, it should be the person you're spending your life with. But, but that is that is a big part of it, right? Is that opinion. you're you're getting knocked down and you're having someone call you out or you're calling someone else out? It all goes back to this, and I just keep circling. I think it's going to be the name of this. It's just be a human. It's that humanity factor, and all too often. We forget that. And, and you know, we, we started, it's crazy because we're, we're almost to the hour here talking almost about the same topic. And you started, we started in that customer service and with teachers and look, I can imagine being around 20 children for the, whatever time they spend in school with them, six, seven hours a day. I'm out on that. Yeah. hundred percent out on, out that. on that. There, there, there's not even... No, there's no way, right? And no you think chance. about these folks and what they deal with and what they see and how many situations a day they try to fix that they can't, but they still have to be a human in all this. And it's like you said, they don't get enough credit for their job. And it's one of these things that I don't know if they're there for the credit. They're, they're not those kids that they can help. Just like we're there to help the situations we can help. And sure. fix the ones we can fix to the best of our ability. It may not be the coolest way to fix them. It may yeah. not be the flashiest. But we you can finesse it. it. You can finesse it. And and the biggest thing is is at the end of the day, we're all human beings, right? So you have to you have to be a human being, but you also have to let everyone else be human beings. Let them be humans, right? You know, you're not there to solve the world's problems on your shift when you're when you're the officer or the leader, or even if you're an informal leader. Because you don't have to be, you don't have to have rank to be a leader in a leadership position. Um, but you have to let them be human beings. You're, you're not there to solve their problems, micromanage. You're not there to have a comment for everything. You're not there to jump in and do everything on calls. Just give them your expectations, your intent of how, you know, give them your intent of what you want done and just let them do whatever they need and you just guide them along their path. You know what I mean? And have your non-negotiables, your minimum standards of whatever you see fit for whatever you're doing, and then give them the full reins because you're going to want to be able to have a group of individuals that you're going to have to yank the reins back rather than stand behind them and drag them by the same reins to do their, to do their job. You know what I mean? It's one of those that like, you don't always have to have an answer. Sometimes you no. just have to say, okay, like let someone tell you everything that they need to tell you. And your answer back is okay. They yeah, just you're a, hurt. You're a 35-year-old adult. I'm a 35-year-old adult. You're not my mother. I don't need you to mother hen me. I don't need you to fix me. I don't need you to do any of this shit. We just I became need best you... friends, by the way, because I'm What's really that? a 45-year-old adult. So thank you so much for giving well, me years back in my life, bro. <laughs> I'm not 35. <laughs> I thought it was a nice common ground where we both could feel. <laughs> I feel really great about that right now. Feel, so great feel young that. again. Um <laughs> But that's but that's the point. Uh, nice stepbrother's quote. But that, that's the point that I'm making is I, I don't I don't need you to fix me. I don't need you to do any of this shit. I need you to support me, get out of my way, let me do my job. Because if you're not going to let me do my job and let me function and let me have the ability to make decisions, why am I here? Especially if you suck at it, right? Like if you have an officer that doesn't know what the hell they're doing, you know damn well they don't know how to do your job. Or when the, you watch every time you watch them do their job. They suck at it, or they get in the way, or they're doing too much, or they're they're just it's just too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's too much of nothing. It's not solving it, the problem. You're, you're yeah, you're the, taking up be the problem. Don't make you're the taking problem up space. Worse. You're taking up space, and you're being you're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem because it's 
you know, so I play in a pipe band, right? And one of the biggest things the drumming instructor says, you know, rests in a, in a drum score are one of the biggest things to emphasize the drums when they're playing. Because, you know, if you're always there, no one can ever miss you, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is, if you continuously hear noise, it's going to be noise. Whereas if you step in when necessary at the right time, just as in, as in drumming, you're going to have the right effect to accent, keep the rhythm and be the icing on the cake for the final product, which is the end of the song or the efficiency of a crew. So well, I don't know. That's a good little, good little analogy. And it's interesting because I had something planned to start this podcast and uh, I didn't even get to use it because we just went over this. Nail way. it. Nail now. You did just bring that up because I saw you posted something recently about, you know, don't text your guys when you're not at work about work things. Hold um, on. Or not hold on, but yeah, yeah. Uh, like you're leave, pulling up the quote or like you're, I'm pulling it up right now. You just posted it and, and I just saw it. It was why can't I that's kind of pitiful that I can't find it on my um it's on your LinkedIn. find it on my own Instagram. I feel like I saw it on your LinkedIn right away though. But it's it's it is so but it was one of those things, right? Where look it, in, in, in our society right now, yeah. In our society right now, technology is we can do anything we want, whatever we want to. And you know, you don't basically what you had said was like, you don't need on your day off to be having a tactical discussion about a hypothetical situation with the guys on your crew, right? No. Yeah. So, and I agree 100% with that. So where I want to go with that though, is, is, you know, tip of the spear leadership, you play in a pipe band, but what are you doing on your days off that maybe don't have to do with the fire service or tip of the spear leadership, you know, cause that's really the size up is kind of about what you're doing on your days off and being a human kind of, we went into the human aspect for a little longer than I planned, but it's a great topic, but you know, sure. what are, what else do you got going on? That's not that stuff. That's all behind None of that stuff. Right so <laughs> a little, uh, I don't, I'm not exactly satisfied with where I am in my, uh, physical fitness. Okay. I can um, understand that. Nor am I. You know, I feel, I feel like, uh, you know, not that long ago, I feel like, uh, I kind of realized I need to make a, make a change and kind of do something. So that's something that I started, um, you know, working out as consistent as I can watching and actually writing down what I eat and actually kind of giving shit about it. Um, and you know, not focusing on like these astronomical goals that I can't do or worried about, you know, Oh, I can't do a hundred pushups continuously well no i can't do that but i still can do 30 or 40 at a time well focus on what you can do not what you can't and that's what i've been doing and you know just focusing on <clears throat> incrementally being better at whatever the whatever it is um whether it's my my um my mile time coming down my my weights going up whatever it is um my overall goal is to be more efficient and healthy and feel better um at work and I'm starting to see that, um, you know, there's days that I feel the return on actually trying to put physical fitness as a priority. There's other days where I'm like, what the hell? Why am I struggling? Like, what in the actual F is going on right now? Why am I struggling walking? I call that every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's, uh, just I haven't even walked 300 feet. And I'm like, my legs are on fire. But um, but no, that's so I, I've been focusing a lot on that and, and it's not perfect. And it's 
my goal never is just going to be perfect. Like, I think sure. that's a big point of it, right? It's never going to be. Yeah. I have a little yeah. fitness challenge going on right now privately for myself that I, that, that I haven't really talked about and I'm not going to. But um, there was a bigger challenge that led me to start this fitness challenge. And should I be able to do the bigger fitness challenge? Yes. However, I'm doing the smaller fitness challenge and I'm liking it. And I'm like, why am I going to put more on my plate right now when I'm liking doing this and I'm getting it done and I can high five myself and pat myself on the back. And when I get to a stage where I'm like, all right, time for the bigger one, that's what I'm going to do. And I think that's a big part of uh, the fitness end of it for sure. But even in life, you know, you have to find those little wins and just keep growing on them. And there's going to be days where it sucks. And even today when I, I've got a little bit of it in right before you, you appeared on the screen and, uh, I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Let me slow it down a little bit and I'll get it in over a longer amount of time today. Sure. Yeah, no, it, exactly. And and so I guess the well, the point that I was making of it was like, you don't, I mean, at least for me, being better, if I can look at myself today and my results are showing an upward trajectory, like up, up, upward projection, excuse me, then I think that's all that matters. As long as you're continuously heading on the right path, uh, I, I think that's all that I mean, my goal is to be a asset, not a liability. I don't have to be the fastest runner. I don't have to be able to run 20 stories with two high, high rise racks. I don't have to, my goal, my part is the company officer, right? So if they're, they turn around for me to need something, regardless, I'm there, I'm able to do it. I'm not so winded. I can't talk on the radio, all that crap, but I don't need to be the guy running three and four flights ahead of them because I'm in better shape than them. No, I'm there to be part of the team, not you know, some astronomical goal, right? When, when, when we were younger and I see this with younger kids still today and that, that's okay. Cause they're younger, but when it comes to fitness, this is overall a lifestyle and life longevity. And that's why I'm in it. Is it cool if I can lift some more weights than I did yesterday? Sure. It is. Does yeah. it matter? No, because I can still lift the weights. Yeah, you're only in competition with yourself, and that translates into so many more things in life than just lifting weights, the fire department, or being a parent. And, and I think ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that's what you need to understand, especially in leadership and fitness and in parenting. It's not a, it's not a competition. I don't really give a shit how much you can bench press because that's not me. I, by the way, have brought my bench press up X amount of numbers. So, you know what? That's to me, that's a victory for a person. Yeah. Not me specifically, but for example, is what I mean. Um, yeah. So, you know, as long as you're getting better, there's, there's, there's measurable progress and, and you, you know, you're wherever you want to be in your psyche, you know, and in leadership as well, you shouldn't be looking at your colleagues, comparing yourself to them. It doesn't matter. They're in their own leadership journey. Leadership's not a destination. Life's not a destination. I feel like you gave me you gave me another book idea of like the eight million books I'm gonna someday write and maybe in my retirement. But like you know if if I could probably write a book on somehow like fire service leadership, fitness and parenting because that pretty much is basically what my life is at this point in it. I guess is a good <laughs> those three things and maybe I could put like and trying to stay married like leadership like, by example without being murdered by your wife yeah <laughs> um but yeah so i'm just kidding with a little but, uh, fitness in there but right yeah those things well, those things, the, that, those things fitness, are really important to me as well, well the, and, and yeah. they all tie in together in a way and you have to be physically fit to get away from her when she's trying to murder you because if you're out of shape and fat and you can't run from her you're dead especially I mean, if she's more physically fit than you are and there are days correct 
my wife yeah. has been more physically fit than me. And that's my biggest thing. I get better again. <laughs> I 100% know the feeling. Um, so, so I do that, uh, the physical fitness stuff of just trying to be better. Um, you know, and again, I'm only in competition with myself and my ego doesn't let me believe that, but I keep lying to my brain. And maybe if I keep lying to myself, I'll believe it. I'm kidding. But no, <clears throat> yeah, it, it, getting out of my own way is one of my biggest things. The other part, um, is yeah, I do the podcast, but we said not, not to talk about, or not to do that, but, um, is the pipe band. Uh, yeah. I'm not as active as I want to be because of kind of life getting in the way kids doing sports and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I do get out there regularly and, and, and I think everybody there, I mean, quite frankly, they understand what it's like to have a life and I've had zero issues, you know, um, with not being as active as I was I, nothing but support. There's accountability there and, you know, Hey man, we need you to do X, Y, and Z. And, and I do it. And, you know, I'm going to make sure I do as they ask. And cause I think accountability from them is a good thing as well. I, I think a little bit of accountability is a good thing. So, you know, trying to stay engaged with that. And it's funny. I, I actually thought about, well, a couple of times I've thought about doing the pipe band thing. Do it. Um, and well, do it. God do it. It's so freaking cool. It's so it, much fun. My older son was into percussion. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, let's go. The one of the local career departments near me has one that's open to anyone that's a, a emergency services. You don't have to be in their department. Who is that? Um, uh, here in Jersey, uh, Hamilton, New Jersey has a a band. Okay. And so I'm like, bro, we should go. Like you and I, I'll do it if you do it. Yeah, do it um, together. That's awesome. You know what I mean? I was like, it'd be really cool. And he was like, well, I really don't like when I do the marching band. And I'm like, but buddy, like, it's cool. It's something we do together. And dad, you're was, not cool. It was sort of dad, you're not cool. But it was also <laughs> sort kidding. of, kidding. He, he was in the stage of he, uh, he was wanting to be the front man. So he switched from percussion to vocals is what both my boys do now. It's mm. rock. And yeah, even though he gets down and he can rock out on the drums. I mean, if we went right now to like let's say okay we're gonna do this on night one they would be like okay kid here's your kilt and they would look at me and be like you're, okay you're... kid here's your kilt no <laughs> yeah i see what you did there no they'd be like here's that little pad thing yeah. and you're just gonna bang on this for a really long time because you suck and your kid doesn't but it, uh, uh, well let me tell you so i mean are we are we strapped on time because I, uh, I mean again i like to keep it around an hour but we're good nobody so when I got into the pipe band, um, I joined after my father-in-law passed away and he always tried to get, he always tried to get me to join. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Wear a skirt. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't quite appreciate Our last it. names don't really fit in with the people that wear skirts. So no, no. And, and I guess I never quite appreciated what he was trying to do. I think he wanted me to join, to do something together. And I guess it never really clicked to me. And, uh, so, you know, he passed away and I was like, man, shit. So I did it and it was kind of fun because now it's kind of like he's still around. Yeah. Keep the connection. And they took me in with open arms, the banded. And I think there was a lot of frustrated drumming instructors. Um, <laughs> the drumming instructor we have is world, he's a world, cha uh, two time world champion, I believe, um, snare drummer and a uh, sharp guy. His name's John Quigg. I mean, he's phenomenal. And there's a lot of days where I think he was pulling out his hair and ripping out his hair. And then uh, one of the other bass, I play the bass, the big bass drum. It's the heartbeat of the band. Um, his name's John Day. And, and I, I think I made him go bald personally from him just being like, what? Just trying the, to keep the beat, man. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, he's like four, eight and 16. You can't count to that. I'm like, 
no. He's like, you can't keep a tempo, but but I'm, I say that in jest. But um, they it was open arms. It was very straightforward. And what I really liked about it is when you go into the circle, and that's when everybody circles up and everybody plays. And there's a lot of things I think you can take away from this in life and leadership and, and some other stuff. Everybody gets a chance to play. And if you don't and you don't and you're not doing that great, you're going to be called out respectfully. You're going to be addressed. But ultimately, you don't get kicked out. They're going to probably tell you to stop playing because you're screwing the tune up, which has happened to me. But that's stop. That's fixing the issue in the moment. And then they come right back and fix. And then they come right back and, and, and they teach you. But either way, the point that I'm making is, Everyone's accepted in the circle. Everyone gets a chance. You know, look, we know you don't know a whole lot, so you're not going to go do these paying jobs. But when we go to bars and we do stuff at practice, this is where you cut your teeth, you make your mistakes, and we'll work with you. I couldn't tell you how many times, and it still happens because I haven't made as many practices as I should. I don't know why I'm admitting this on on a podcast, but Everyone either way, life's life's perfect. getting Mike it. Nasty's not perfect. The guy who no, the God, anybody that really knows me, leader. no, oh God, if anybody that really knows me is probably just laughing at me right now. But anyway, um, there's been plenty of times where they'll just stop and be like, "Yo, dude, like you're way off," or you know. But either way, you don't. They don't shit on you. They don't talk down to you. It, it's always address, build up, move on address build up move on and if they stop they stop but either way ultimately every you know i'm not saying everyone you're there I to hate- learn and i think yeah. that's a cool part of a band and and seeing this with my kids between um sports and the arts uh because they're both into music and my older son is really into to drama um that different community of like support not that the sports teams kids aren't supportive but they they're so ultra competitive even with each other, that they can't be competitive yeah. enough with the other team. Whereas in music, in that community, the team is really the main focus because if one person's off, it really screws up everything. It's, no one wants to be off. No, no one wants to be off. And the whole point of it, or not the whole point, well, no, it is kind of a point. And, and here's another kind of interesting metaphor that I think fits is with teamwork, life, parenting, families, the pipe band, all of that, it's just like a puzzle, right? Not everyone can be a corner piece, but a puzzle can't be complete without every piece. Every piece is important, and without every piece, you don't have the full picture and the end goal of a completed puzzle or whatever the goal is. So when it comes to the band stuff, you know, everybody's there just to build each other up. Everybody is there to have a good time, and everyone's there as an outlet from life and work. Because the, the band that I play for is uh, the Pipes and Drums of Greater Baltimore. Fire Brigade Pipes and Drums of Greater Baltimore is the full name. Um, and, you know, they're pretty much outside. Of, they're based out of Howard County, Maryland-ish, but we're the service band for the region. Um, like Montgomery County Pipes and Drums kind of takes the west side, the west chunk of the state. We hit just about everything um, in the Baltimore region. So Greater Baltimore. And everybody is career- or there's a couple volunteers in there, but either way, everybody's in the fire department. Everybody's a little bit old. There's not a lot of young people. I think, I think I'm one of the younger ones. We don't, we don't, I don't, if I, as far as I, if I'm, I might be mistaken, but I don't think we have anybody in their twenties. Everybody's in their thirties, you know, thirties, forties. Everybody's I mean, it's definitely more of an older established in life. Yeah. 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 But what, the point that I'm making is everybody has life experience. Everybody wants to be there. Everybody just wants to enjoy themselves. We don't really 
talk about work or fires, any of that crap. Everybody's there. We all kind of have the mutual connection of work. So we all kind of get each other. We all kind of get each other's attitudes and quirks and comments and all there, those fun things. You're there to make music, right? And you're there to make music and you're on the common ground of, again, a service band. So you're there to provide a service um, for the region as well. And the, the, bands, the band jobs and St. Patrick's Day are a lot of fun. But ultimately, the whole point of it is, um, as a service band, is memorials, funerals, and uh, award ceremonies. Like, service. Um yeah. And, and you know it's, it's a good thing and it's amazing that when you make music or art like that you're in the customer yeah. service business and every but you don't even everyone, realize it because it's what you're making that is correct and most. again it's customer service it's humanity like we talked about before there's a little bit of leadership sprinkled in there and everyone wants to be there everybody's there to enjoy each other's company not tear each other down and it's there's such a great group of individuals they are what they're a great group of musicians um collectively they're a great band but each individual person they're freaking great they're so they're so nice they're they're so accepting whole, this is a whole nother episode that we could talk about because it's getting out of that comfort zone and, and meeting yeah. other people and that mutual respect yeah let oh. me know i'm i'm down to talk about that too <laughs> that's another fun. i also have another person if you wanted to get into the pipe band and its effects in the fire service i, I have someone that I, you let's go man. i think off. that'd be a good one because again we can talk off air but i, I think yeah. she would be really 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 good for you to talk to i really right. do I like it, man. I like how I could grab a guest at the end of this one too. So it works out even better. That's what it's all about, man. You'll thank me later. It's no, connecting all the dots. Yeah. yeah I'll, uh, I'll, make sure, I'll send you a guest. Let me find someone else. Uh, Jeremy Donch. I know him. You could have him on your show. Oh, well, ironically, <laughs> you may have seen that name come across my feed. If you follow me, <laughs> I may have. It was like, wait, Basically. I'm interviewing this dude next week. What are you doing? We need, we need to coordinate two days ago. the national fire radio uh, uh, juggernaut grows. We need to get coordinated a little bit better. Yeah, there you go. That's funny. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, listen, Small world. I finish up these shows with a size of 10. It's 10 questions. They're supposed to be quick fired, but they never really are. But you never know. And it's just fun. Ready for them? Yep. Here we go. Beach or mountains? Beach. Night out or night in? Night in. Oh, I was going to say with a six-year-old, I'd be like, night out. I'm out. Get me out of here. Oh, no. He's not going to be here. I just want a night in. Like, <laughs> if somehow I could figure out a way to get rid of both of them and I just have the night here by myself. Well, those are nice nights. Mint. I didn't yeah. say that out loud. Those are nice nights. <laughs> a good book or a good movie? Movie. A cross-country road trip. Who is your celebrity co-pilot? Frank Sinatra. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Dude, he's oh my God. Yeah. He's got to have had such a he he has to be he has to be pretty good. Has to. No doubt. No doubt. I like it. Do you make your bed every day? Hell no. No. Probably should. What's a book someone needs to read? It's your ship. It's your ship. Oh, I know that book. It's your ship. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh man, see, we got into this, and I forgot to mark the time. Sebby's gonna be all pissed at me now. We'll go with that one. Figure it out. <laughs> Highways or back roads? Which one are you taking? Oh man, um, highways. Because if you get one slow car in front of you, that's gonna just, just piss me off. <laughs> we talked about road rage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's a bucket list place you want to visit italy oh it's so great there sicily italy, the yeah 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 um i was thinking yeah sicily Sicily. i have family in sicily i went for a wedding it was amazing yeah i, I would be lying if i told you i know where in italy to go like a really nice small 
place or something like that. But any of those small side mountain towns, like where they carve the town or carve everything into the mountain, that's where my family is from. It was amazing. It was so cool. (laughs) We're going. The boys want to go for sure. Actually, Finn just said in the last episode, uh, he wants to go to Venice, where I've never been. Um, so our plan eventually we're going to start in Sicily and then just work our way up the country with the boys. And- I want to do that. We, we never got a honeymoon and I think we're going to try and do that in the next year or two. Just get out there. We'll Highly see. Recommend. Uh, what do we got? Two more questions here. Two more football or football football. This is America. No, I'm kidding. Football. <laughs> uh, that, soccer just, I don't know. It's just- okay. Listen, it's, it's just a, just a question. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny because everyone wants to justify either or like the, the, like, or, or there's really the only, a few people have been like football all day. It's a beautiful game. There's mm. no other question. No, no crazy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right. Last one. And I feel like you've kind of done this the entire episode, but the best advice you could give to your younger self. Trust your intuition. I like it. Trust your intuition because it's not going to feel right now in long in the longevity. You're going to look back and just about every time you had a gut feeling to do, think, or act on something or to not let something bother you, you were right. You know, almost every time. This question too is it's it's great to end the podcast on right because trust your intuition. Most of my guests, and I really got to work on this supercut and edit it down. It's like a three word answer like trust your intuition obviously mm-hmm. they go a little more in depth into it but you really yeah. don't need to because that advice when you think about yourself 15 years ago think about yourself yesterday even trust your intuition it's just going to make you a better person yeah and you know and i guess kind of where i was going with that as well is and i don't want to drag this out but you know there's been plenty of times where i'm like really upset about something or I'm jealous of someone or I wish I had something. And then over time I look back and I go, you know what? I knew to stay the course. I knew to ignore that. Or I knew to let that, whatever that was not bother me. Thank Christ. I followed my gut on this because that could have been bad. Or if, you know, any, anyone out here is listening is an officer. If you have any inclination in your gut, I need to act. I need to do this decision. If that pops in your head more than once of do this, do this, you better follow it because you're probably right. And if you're not, you'll learn from it. Yeah. I mean, and, that's the and, if you're not right, you're going to learn something. And there's been so many times where I've followed my gut on, and I'm, I'm talking about work specifically. And I probably won't say a whole lot to anybody. I'll probably never admit it in public, but there's been a few times where I followed my gut instead of what my brain said. And if I would have followed what my brain said, I would have looked like a complete moron. And it would have blown up in my face, but I followed my gut and they're like, man, that was a great call. And I'm like, oh yeah. 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 Uh, that's kind of going to happen thinking. that way all the time. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> I had it. Yeah. But you know, leadership is just as much theater as it is um, competent or it's just as much theater as it is action because, but you have to have the competence to back it up. When you know I, when I, mean? I get a, uh, when I get a compliment like that, let's say from someone, I'm like, oh, well, I just reached into the pit playbook and that was play uh 99 Z Delta that I pulled out of that one. And they just start laughing now. Like some guys will be like, what play was that? Yeah. Or my personal favorite where they're like, Hey man, thank God you're the officer. And thank God you were here today to do X, Y, and Z. And like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're just looking at. <laughs> Did I just do something right? What? Like, I thought, um, okay. I you know what I mean? I'm like, I and thank then, God. Of you course. Were, that's a good yeah, answer man. to get back to that one too. I thank God it was you. 
Yeah, that and then I mean, my my personal one is, you know, hey, man, you know, cool as a cucumber. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, appreciate your pain. You know, thanks. But in my mind, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I've been, I, I've I've been, I've always admit it, but I mean, there's definitely a lot of times where I'm like in my mind, like, fuck, it all worked out. Amen. Just like I planned. Thanks. Just like I planned. I'm like the 18 yep. man. just like I planned. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> I shot this gun a lot of times and no one got hit. Just like the yep. 18 It works I'm out. I'm not going to shoot myself in the foot and tell you what really was going on in my head, but we're going to let this play out better. Awesome, so, man. Well, listen, this has been a great yes, chat. And we had a, uh, this was, Again, I had a plan in the beginning and I didn't get to it to the 50 minute mark. So that's just a good conversation between it, some, some like-minded folks. And that's what the size up is all about. And you know what? And I think, you know, I'll just toss this in here at the end too. I think um, being genuine and when you're organic with conversations like this, I think it creates the most relatability and that ties into, you know, be a human. It's okay to be a human. Let other people be a human when you're an officer more than a human in general, but since we're here about leadership, you know, let it be organic and let it flow. That's what I do on my podcast. I don't, I don't write out anything. It's just here, there's a topic and we just let it fly. And I feel like that's the relatability. And, and as officers, as leaders, I think if you're relatable, you're going to ultimately be successful. That's it, man. I love it. That is a great way to end it. Just as you froze there for a second and we talked about technical difficulties. So now like the, the, the podcast gods are like, get off this podcast. <laughs> no one wants to hear you talk anymore. It's just, this is the way of following the signs that are being given to us. Your editor is like, Jesus, dude, shut up. <laughs> no, Sebi loves listening to me talk, I think. Just kidding. If he even does listen to me talk anymore, he's probably giving up on it. But listen, I say, that, I say that in jest, but yes. I can't. Oh, he's a great guy. Love Sebi. And I like to say his name a lot in the podcast because when he comes on an episode with jeremy and i he doesn't talk he just kind of says a few things so if i the goal is for me to bring him up every episode and i've done it multiple times today so i've been making it awkward that's it so listen mike i can't thank you enough man yeah. you know, it's been a great time and we, we got a lot of a great content here and uh, i look forward to having you on again and we can kind of continue yeah. this conversation and see where it goes so yeah no thank you for your time dude any any time just i mean you know how to get a hold of me please by all means reach out I, and i appreciate you bad host where does everybody find you um, so just search tip of the spear leadership podcast on any podcast. It'll come up. It's, I should be on all platforms. Um, if you go to Instagram, it's just tip of the spear leadership with underscores in between it. I'll come right up. I'm on Facebook again, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, the Google, search just tip say the, the Google spear leadership, the Google What's machine. That? That's what I say. Just use the Google machine, tip of the spear leadership, all the, links. it should. Yeah. It's, I haven't Googled myself before. It should come up. Oh, you know. have, you, you would come up with, I think you did. Cause that's how I found uh, the LinkedIn. Okay. The LinkedIn quotes was I just Googled it. Cause I used a Google machine all the time. So gotcha. I'm not going to lie. I'm not that smart. Google is my, Google's my homie. I, well, I know how you feel. <laughs> that grammar check. They're all Oh God. Worth their weight in gold. But yeah, that's where you find me. And then if um anyone wants to email me, is just uh tip of the spear leadership with periods in between at Gmail. That it is. There's lots of periods when you type in the email address. There's so. still a lot of periods. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I was going abbreviate as I was like period, period. Uh, period I think I guess period. I didn't think about that, but like the the alternative to short it would be tots leadership, and that just sounds terrible. Oh, you don't want that one. Yeah. No, TSL leadership. It's I think bad when, you, better. When, you, when you name something something and then try to it it and you're like, this doesn't work. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can't do it because I always think of the uh, Tots episode from The Office. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was with, actually uh, with Napoleon. Give me your tots. So Scott's tots. I always I hated that episode. So that's Mike Scott's tots. That's what I always think about. So uh, <laughs> listen, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you, you, everybody, for listening and for the size up by National Fire Radio. This is Pip because what you do off the job matters. Later. National Fire Radio.